everybody. This is Pastor Chad. Today is April 2nd, 2023. Welcome to the Way Radio Podcast. Uh, the title of today's message is Comfort in Life and Death. And it comes from the Heidelberg Catechism, Lord's Day 1, Question 1. And if you remember, uh, during the last episode, I mentioned the fact that I wanted to start uh, looking at the Heidelberg Catechism because it is a tool that can be used to replace uh, the unbiblical, you know, recovery programs and the recovery industry that has infiltrated so much of the church. And it's very valuable because there is such a preponderance of biblical illiteracy in the modern church, even in leadership. So something like the Heidelberg Catechism is very good at guiding people into Christian doctrine and the truths of the message of the gospel. Uh, sorry, I missed a couple of weeks. Been a hectic couple couple of weeks. I have not had the time I need to sit down and and write and think through things and pray about what I'm gonna uh, talk about on the podcast. But I finally had the time to dive back into this. So today we continue with the Heidelberg Catechism, Lord's Day One, Question One, and it follows on again the last episode, which was titled "The Search for Comfort." So this message is titled "Comfort." in life and death. Now, as I mentioned last week, I want to begin looking at the Heidelberg Catechism on this podcast and apply it not only to overcoming sins of alcoholism and addiction, but also to help us gain a greater understanding of the foundations of Christian doctrine. And the Catechism is easy to follow, and it's presented in an outlined format. Now, to reiterate some of the points that I made in the previous episode, the Heidelberg Catechism came out of the Protestant Reformation. Catechism is not a Roman Catholic word. The Oxford Dictionary defines catechism as a summary of the principles of Christian religion in the form of questions and answers used for the instruction of Christians. It's really like a roadmap showing the path of salvation that is conveyed in the scriptures. Uh, it was created to teach Christian doctrine. It makes a great daily devotional and a study guide. It's useful and applicable uh, for overcoming habitual sins such as alcoholism, addiction, etc., or for just studying or sharing the message of the gospel. The Heidelberg Catechism is laid out in a series of 52 Lord's Days and was meant to be worked through over the course of a year, 52 weeks in a year, a Lord's Day for each week. For this podcast, I'm going to work from question to question. Some will require more discussion than others, and so we'll see how long it takes. And like I mentioned before, I'm not going to, every podcast is not going to be a continuation of the Heidelberg Catechism. I will be uh, inserting other uh, topics that I want to discuss and other issues that may arise, but I will be coming back regularly to uh, the Heidelberg Catechism. One of the things I want to address very soon is the question of whether addiction and alcoholism is sin or it's idolatry. I think there's a big error being made there uh, in defining what uh, addiction really is, and that's one of the messages that I'll, I'll be uh, addressing in the in the coming weeks. Also, uh, there will be a link to the Heidelberg Catechism, a PDF file for download in the podcast show notes, which can be found by going to the way r122.org. Go to our website, click on the Way Radio link, and then click on this episode when you get to the Way Radio link 
for the podcast page. Now, if you have trouble doing that or finding the PDF download, all you have to do is email me. Just send me an email at chad at the way r122.org and I'll send you uh, a PDF as an attachment uh, to my responding email. All right. So today I want to look at question one, which provides a hint to the reason why people suffer in this life, become trapped in sin, and spend lifetimes searching for something that's only found in one place and in one person. Question one of the Heidelberg Catechism is, what is your only comfort in life and death? The answer to that question is that I am not my own, but belong, body and soul, in life and death, to my faithful Savior, Jesus Christ. He has fully paid for all my sins with his precious blood and has set me free from the tyranny of the devil. He also watches over me in such a way that not a hair can fall from my head without the will of my Father in heaven. In fact, all things must work together for my salvation. Because I belong to him, Christ, by his Holy Spirit, assures me of eternal life and makes me wholeheartedly willing and ready from now on to live for him. So let's begin with considering hope. In life, we need hope. We need direction and purpose. We need something to look forward to and move towards. I believe one of the main reasons for the dramatic increase in suicides, addiction, violent crime, etc. in our modern society is because, because hope is missing in so many lives and people have been led into a deepening apathy toward the meaning and purpose of life. I think one of the glaring examples we have to this is the prevalence of uh, this transgender movement that is just like a cancer spreading in our society right now. People have become so apathetic and so unconcerned with any sort of eternal perspective and are lacking any true meaning and purpose for life that they literally come up with the most ridiculous ideas or concepts that we could possibly imagine, and that is identifying as a sex that is the opposite sex from which you were created by God. And God tells us in his word, in the beginning, he created them man and woman. There is only two sexes. There is no such thing as transgenderism, excuse me, transgenderism, but we see this as an example of what I'm talking about here. We also need comfort. People desire comfort. Now, what is the difference between worldly comfort and eternal comfort in Jesus Christ? And I think we'll answer that question as we go through this. Death is rarely considered or contemplated in this day and age. I just lost my place. I'm sorry, folks. Here we go. Death is rarely considered or contemplated in this day and age. People die but little, little, little or no mention is made of where they have gone or where they are now spiritually. Again, I'm just trying to make the point that we've become apathetic and stagnant concerning the things of God, concerning an eternal perspective. And in that, it includes the fact that we don't really think about what happens after death. It's just not talked about like it used to be considered. There is only one true eternal comfort. And that is Jesus Christ. Psalm 16, 2 says, I said to the Lord, you are my Lord. I have no good beside you. And James 1, 17 says, every good thing given and every perfect gift is from above. 
coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shifting shadow. It seems many unbelievers will either reject or not understand question one because they may have a worldly false sense of comfort. That is why end death is so important to address here, to take it out of a worldly perspective and move it into an eternal perspective. So ask yourself, what is your comfort if you contemplate death? As we go through the Catechism, it's also interesting to consider the five points of Christian doctrine and the five solas and see where they pop up in the answers and supporting scriptures. These To know the five points of Christian doctrine and also the five solas also helps us very much in developing discernment so we can uh, more readily be ready and prepared to identify false beliefs and false religions that we may be presented with. The five points of Christian doctrine are total depravity, man is born in a state of total depravity, unconditional election, there is nothing we can do to be chosen by God, it is of him and by his power, limited atonement, Christ did not come to save every human being that ever existed, his sins were to atone for those that were chosen through unconditional election, irresistible grace. When God calls us, there's nothing we can do to resist his grace. He will bring to salvation those he has planned to bring to salvation. And the final one is perseverance or preservation of the saints. We, When we are saved, we are saved eternally, and we cannot lose that. The five solas are uh, they're usually in Latin, so I'll give the English definition and then the Latin definition. We are saved by grace alone, sola gratia, through faith alone, sola fide, in Christ alone, solus Christus, according to scripture alone, sola scriptura, to the glory of God alone. So as we go through, you'll see these popping up in certain discussions, certain points that are made in the catechism and in scriptures that we'll reference. One thing I've done for years in my Bible is I'll go through and a certain scripture will affirm one of these points or one of the solas, and I'll just note it next to it. And it's fascinating how often they pop up in scripture. Now, again, question one is, what is your only comfort in life and death. The beginning of the answer is that I am not my own. 1 Corinthians 6, 19 through 20 says, Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and that you are not your own? For you have been bought with a price, therefore glorify God in your body. Continues, but belong body and soul in life and in death. Romans 14, 7 through 9 says, For not one of us lives for himself, and not one dies for himself. For if we live, we live for the Lord. If we die, we die for the Lord. Therefore, whether we live or die, we are the Lord's. For to this end, Christ died and lived again, that he might be Lord both of the dead and of the living. Christ is the promised Messiah. He is our Savior, but he is also our Lord and Master. Points that are often neglected in the modern church. Jesus is looked at as a, a helper, uh, somebody that can almost be like a self-help program, but there is not often mention of him being our Lord and Master to who we owe obedience. It continues, to my faithful Savior, Jesus Christ. 1 Corinthians 3.23 says, and you belong to Christ, and Christ belongs to God. Timothy, uh, Titus 2.14 says, who gave himself for us to redeem us from every lawless deed and to purify for himself a people for his own possession, zealous for good works. 
Now, with what I just read, I'll say that human nature does not like to accept that we belong to someone else. This is something that grates on human pride. We want to feel autonomous, responsible, and in control of our destiny. However, the truth of the matter is that no one exists outside of the omnipresent and omniscient reality of God. He is inescapable. There is no reality outside of the reality of God. All human free will exists within the will and purpose of God. There is no will outside of God's will. So every human is either in rebellion to God and a slave to sin, or in Jesus Christ and a slave to righteousness. Romans 6, 16-18 says, Do you not know that when you present yourselves to someone as slaves for obedience, you are slaves of the one whom you obey, either sin resulting in death, or of obedience resulting in righteousness? But thanks be to God that though you were slaves of sin, you became obedient from the heart to that form of teaching to which you were committed, and having been freed from sin, you became slaves of righteousness. It continues, he has fully paid for all my sins with his precious blood. 1 Peter 1, 18-19 says, Knowing that you are not redeemed with perishable things like silver or gold from, the feudal, from your feudal way of life inherited from your forefathers, but with precious blood as of a lamb unblemished and spotless, the blood of Christ. 1 John 1, 7-9 says, But if we walk in the light as he himself is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus his Son cleanses us from all sin. If we say that we have no sin, we are deceiving ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. What this is talking about is the complete sufficiency of the atonement. Nothing needs to be added to it. Our sin debt was paid completely by Christ's sacrifice on the cross. Good works cannot save us. Baptism or membership in a certain religion is not needed. This is where false religions like Mormonism and Roman Catholicism are so wrong. They, in essence, point to Christ on the cross and claim that it was not enough. More must be done by us. There are other requirements. Now, this refers to the third of the five points. Limited atonement applies here. Christ's blood cleanses us believers from all sin. It was complete and sufficient to atone for the sins of those Christ came to save. His sacrifice was not for every human, but for every chosen one. And the third of the five solas also applies here. We are saved by grace alone, through faith alone. The third one, in Christ alone. And has set me free from the tyranny of the devil. John 8, 34-36 says, Jesus answered them, Truly, truly, I say to you, everyone who commits sin is the slave of sin. The slave does not remain in the house forever. The son does remain forever. So if the son makes you free, you will be free indeed. Hebrews 2, 14-15 says, Therefore, since the children share in flesh and blood, he himself likewise also partook of the same, that through death he might render powerless him who had the power of death, that is, the devil, and might free those who through fear of death were subject, were subject to slavery all their lives. True, eternal freedom from sin and death, from the tyranny of the devil. 
One of the reasons the world hates Christians is because we are free and alive in a world of sin, slavery, and death. The darkness hates the light that exposes it. And this dark world hates those who walk through it shining with the light of Christ and refuse to conform to the darkness. 1 John 5.19 says, We know that we are of God and that the whole world lies in the power of the evil one. Continues, He he also watches over me in such a way. John 6.39-40 says, This is the will of him who sent me, that of all that he has given me I lose nothing but raise it up on the last day. For this is the will of my Father, that everyone who beholds the Son and believes in him will have eternal life, and I myself will raise him up on the last day. This is eternal security or perseverance of the saints. Uh, point five of the five points. John ten twenty seven through 30 says, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. And I give, them, I give eternal life to them, and they will never perish, and no one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of the Father's hand. I and the Father are one. Point five of the five points applies here again, the perseverance or preservation of the saints. When we are regenerated, born again in Christ, we are preserved in Him and saved for all eternity. By God's grace, we will persevere to final glory in Him. It continues, that not a hair can fall from my head without the will of my Father in heaven. Matthew 10, 29-31 says, Are not two sparrows sold for a cent? And yet not one of them will fall to the ground apart from your Father. But the very hairs of your head are all numbered, so do not fear. You are more valuable than many sparrows. We are never alone if we are in Christ. We are covered and protected in Him. Continuing, In fact, all things must work together for my salvation. Romans 8.28 says, We know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to His purpose. Everything in a believer's life has led them to Christ through the message of the gospel. Regardless of how dark and sinful our past, when from the unseen realm we look back over it, I believe we will praise God for the way He worked all things for the good of those who are called according to His purpose. One of the raging frustrations of Satan is that regardless of how hard he tries to thwart the ways of God and destroy the children of God, everything he does is turned by God for the good of those he has chosen and called and to the furtherance of his mysterious plan of salvation. Continuing, because I belong to him, Christ, by his Holy Spirit, assures me of eternal life. Again, eternal security, perseverance of the saints. Romans 8, 15 through 16 says, For you have not received a spirit of slavery leading to fear again, but you have received a spirit of adoption as sons by which we cry out, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are children of God. Ephesians 1, 13 through 14 says, In him you also, after listening to the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation, having also believed, you were sealed in him with the Holy Spirit of promise who was given as a pledge of our inheritance with a view to the redemption of God's own possession to the praise of his glory. And he closed and this question and this answer closes with and makes me wholeheartedly willing and ready from now on to live for him. Romans 8, 1 through 17 says, Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus 
For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set you free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do, weak as it was through the flesh, God did, sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh, and as an offering for sin, he condemned sin in the flesh, so that the requirements of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. For those who are according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who are according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For the mind set on the flesh is death, but the mind set on the Spirit is life and peace. Because the mind set on the flesh is hostile toward God, for it does not subject itself to the law of God, for it is not even able to do so. And those who are in the flesh cannot please God. However, You are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you. But if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he does not belong to him. If Christ is in you, though the body is dead because of sin, yet the Spirit is alive because of righteousness. But if the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his Spirit who dwells in you. So then, brethren, we are under obligation not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh. For if you are living according to the flesh, you must die. But if by the Spirit you are putting to death the deeds of the body, you will live. Notice that. Apply that to addiction. If by the Spirit you are putting to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For all who are being led by the Spirit of God, these are sons of God. For you have not received a spirit of slavery leading to fear again, but you have received a spirit of adoption as sons by which we cry out, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are children of God, and if children, heirs also, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with him, so that we may also be glorified with him. Now, one note I wanted to make here, that's the end of the the question and answer for today, is that I don't include every scripture that's referenced for every answer in the catechism. If you download the PDF file, it includes more scriptures for each answer, so you can dive deeper into Bible study, you know, through that PDF file. And again, if you uh, if you want to find that, just go to the wayr122.org, uh, click on the Way Radio link, that'll take you to the Way Radio podcast page, click on one of the on this episode, and there will be a PDF file for download there. To make it more simple, you can email me at chad at the way, the letter r122.org. Uh, just let me know that you need the PDF file, and I will send you an attachment of it uh, that way as well. Uh, please consider to uh, visiting our website at the way, the letter r122.org. If you want to subscribe to the podcast, just go to christianpodcastcommunity.org and then just search for the way radio in the search field. That'll take you to our page, or you can go to it from the website. Like I said before, you can find us on Rumble at the way r122. Not really uploading much there anymore. I'm just focusing on the podcast. So you don't have to worry about that. If you you could please consider donating and becoming a supporter of the ministry and you can do that by going to the way r122.org clicking on the donate page uh, and that helps us uh, further the work that we're doing here in America especially through the recovery reformation ministry and what we hope to be be able to continue to do in Kenya for our friends there all right god bless you guys Uh, Have a great week, and God willing, I'll be back here next week, same time, same place. Take care.